I want to welcome you on our 15-year anniversary. Yeah, praise God. Today is all about God's faithfulness to us. He receives all the glory today. He has been faithful and he will continue to be faithful to us. So if you would stand, I'm going to read Deuteronomy 7, 9 to, to pa- prepare our hearts for worship. And then after I share, before uh, we begin to sing, uh, Jerry Yaccarino is going to come up and uh, just share a very brief testimony about how God has been faithful to him through you. And we're going to have that throughout the morning. Jerry Yaccarino and Matt Farr and Joshua Sarita and Jill England, in between the songs, are going to just be highlighting God's faithfulness. And so as, as they share about how God has used you, we want you to be encouraged, but may we transfer all that glory to God. Deuteronomy 7.9 says, Know therefore, know, be confident of, therefore, that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God. That, that, who, that is the God of Christ Community Church, the faithful God. So Jerry, if you would come on up and share with us about God's faithfulness. Good morning, everybody. Nice to stumble when you're getting old, right? Okay. Uh, I was asked to speak how God has blessed me in two minutes or less. Wow. <clears throat> okay. So with that being said, we'll, I'll give it a shot. Lord, gracious God. May the words of my mouth be pleasing to you. Uh, about 11 or 12 years ago, I was invited to visit Christ Community Church by a very special lady. Uh, she was a good friend. And later on, she came my very best friend and also my wife, Debbie. Thank you, Deb. Uh, I came in this very room, and somewhere over here we were facing the other way. I came in here with a heavy heart, a broken heart, and a hungry soul. My sin was so bad that I was going to be nominated for the Heisman Trophy of Sinners. And first of all, I want to praise God our Father. He has blessed me and my wife in so many ways. And I want to give a big thank you to sisters and brothers for your dedication, your leadership and your talents that you do and that I watch week by week, your love and building up of one another. You are so awesome. Being blessed by ministries available by music to praise God, Bible studies to learn God's word care groups to share God's truth, children ministries to grow our youngsters in the word, teens and singles, no one being left out. Lastly, God blessed us with pastors, three amazing shepherds to preach and teach only God's truth. Thanking our God with all my heart, my mind, my body, and my soul. The hymn, The Old Rugged Cross, as it resonates so well to me, some of the words, all of them really, but some of them, 
I will cling to the old rugged cross when at last my trophy I lay down. I will exchange it someday for a crown. Amen. Good morning, church. This church has been such a blessing to me and my family over the last 12 plus years, actually. Uh, while we've only been members for about two years, we've been long time, we were long time visitors for about 10 years prior to that. Um, and I can remember very vividly in some of those early years of visiting, hearing some of CB's sermons, and they just felt like daggers to my pride and to what I thought of myself. I thought I was a good guy, and my good outweighed my bad. And I, I was in a good place with the Lord, I thought. And to hear otherwise was hard. Another one of those sermons was actually a time I was with Ben, uh, visiting a church in Delaware. And he was preaching on Colossians 2. And there was, that was, I think, the, the turning point in, in my life and my uh, journey with God. And now that we're members of the church, the sermons from the pastors continue to be such a blessing for us. The worship team blesses my soul each and every week. But the biggest blessing of all is you, church. The, the true, genuine friendships we've formed mean so much to us. Having someone come up and ask you how you're doing, and they truly want to know. They want to know how they can care for you, serve you, and most importantly, pray for you. And what a blessing it is to know that you are not alone. That there are others out there who are carrying your burdens with you and lifting you up in prayer. Thank you, church, and thank you, God. Morning, church. Uh, for those of you who don't know, my name is Joshua, um, and my wife and I have had the privilege of uh, being a part of Christ Community Church as members for the, a little less less than a year. Uh, we've been attending since August 2015, uh, and when asked to share, I, I, I thought of uh, 1 Corinthians 12, and I'm just going to share God's word because it's awesome, um, and I'm going to share from verse 12 to 26. For just as the body is one and has many members... And all the members of the body, though many, are one body. So it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we are all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. That I cannot say to the hand, I have no need for of you. Not, a, not again to the head, to the feet. I have no need for you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. And all I'm going to say um, in response to that is that I'm so thankful to be a part of Christ's community that is founded on Christ, the solid rock, the word made flesh. And I'm so thankful for the opportunity that my wife and I get to grow here just for a short period of time that we've been here where this is 
Christ Community Church founded on the Word of God and nothing else, nothing, nothing subjective, the objective, authoritative Word of God. So praise, praise God, church. Good morning. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. I love that little three-letter word, all. And here are some ways I see the all at work here in our church community. In 2001... Our church was established with 13 adults and nine children. And 15 years later, we have grown into the hundreds. We have done many outreaches, such as car washes, gift wrapping at Christmas, leaf raking, drink outreaches, Easter egg hunts, and summer explosion. That's just to name a few. We have outgrown our space and have had to resort to creative seating to fit us all in here at the Governor Mifflin Middle School. God has blessed us with 17 acres of property with a church house on it and the hopes that one day we will build his church there. But while we wait, we use the property for various church functions, including offices for our pastors, youth meetings, women's meetings, prayer meetings, and care groups, along with all kinds of equipping ministries. All. And speaking of our youth, our very first youth group is all grown up in the Lord. And from this group, we have young marrieds, engaged couples, and thriving singles plugged in and making a difference as the next generation of Christ Community Church. Our current parent youth group is growing as we are growing So large, in fact, that we have to meet at the school instead of our church house property. Our Sunday school ministry continues to teach our young ones about the cross. And another generation is trained to love God, embrace faith in Jesus, and serve in the church. Lots of good examples to look at there. We even added a Sunday school class for 10 and 11-year-olds to prepare them for being in church service and youth meetings. We've had baptisms, dedications, new members are added, babies have been born, adoptions have been finalized, marriages supported, many opportunities such as conferences that equip the saints. Most recently and most excitingly, our all included assessing, training, sending, and then planting a church in the country of Croatia, the Vucenovic family. People have come and gone from our midst. We have walked through many joys and sorrows, hard times with some, through sickness and through death. Every Sunday, we're faithfully being taught from scripture with a brilliant diamond of the gospel on display. We were planted right after 9-11 The gates of hell could not prevail against this work of God, this glorious local expression of his great love then, and it will not prevail now or in the future. Amen. Yes, God worked all things together for good here and continues to bring glory to himself through us, his children, and he will continue to bring glory to his name for the Lord willing the next 15 years. Amen. Amen. Romans 8.31 says this. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecutions or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And here comes that little three-letter word again. No. In All things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, 
nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. To his name be the glory and honor forever and ever. Amen. Amen. You can have your seats. Well, good morning, church. My name is C.B. Etter, and I'm the senior pastor of Christ Community Church. And we want to welcome all of you here on this special Sunday, our 15-year anniversary as a local church. We give glory to God for his goodness and his grace. And um, I did this a few weeks back in the sermon, but for those of you who were here within the first five years, would you just lift your hand up high and... Uh, just want to just say thank you to you, church. Can we thank God for the people who came within the first five years of the church? Yes. This church wouldn't be what it is without you. How about the second five years, between five and ten approximately? Who would say you came in that five and ten year window? Can we thank God for them, brothers and sisters? This church would not be what it is without you and your family and your presence here. And also... Between 10 and 15, how many people came within the last five years? If you could just lift your hand up. Oh, that's awesome. This church would not be what it is without you. And we are so grateful for your presence here, for your worship of the Lord. And how about for those who have come, just started coming within the last year of our church family. And you've just kind of just been checking our church out. If you could just lift your hand up. Thank you so much. We are so glad to have you here. So thankful for you. You are most welcome. And we're excited about building together with you in the future. If you are a guest with us for the very first time, in a moment, we're just going to ask you to lift your hand because our ushers have a packet of information that will let you know a little bit more about what our church believes. And we want to give our church the opportunity to welcome you. And we would love, if you are a guest with us for the first time and you don't have a local church family, we'd love for you to consider Christ Community. Um, to be your church family and for you to plug in here. We would love that. So if you are a first-time visitor, would you please lift your hand up high and give our church the opportunity to welcome you? Excellent. Thank you so much for coming. We are so glad to have you here, sir. And if you could please open up your information packet inside, there's a welcome card and a pen. And if you could just please fill that out and hand that in as the offering plate goes by in a few moments, that would be great. Well, as I turn our attention to our tithes and offerings this morning, today is the day where we're gathering our, uh, our regular tithes and offerings, but we're also gathering our Croatia Mission Fund um, offering as well. And so if you want to write a check out to the Croatia Mission Fund, you can write that in the memo line of your check to Christ Community. And uh, one of the things we're excited about in relation to giving that today is that tomorrow, John Reyes and I are going to be flying out. Uh, to go and visit Mario and Jan Vucinovic that Jill England referenced in her testimony to go visit them between November 14th and the 21st. And we are really, really excited about going and visiting Mario and Jen and uh, just helping to just get that church plant going up and running. So please be praying for John and I as we're away. And uh, this past week we had a Skype call with Mario and uh, next Saturday, John's going to be giving a brief message on on marriage to uh, the people in the, the church that Mario is doing sort of an internship with. Uh, the senior pastor there is named Drajan, and he's very kindly allowed us to do an internship there with Mario. And so we're looking forward to going. Uh, church, we're going to be able to contribute a little bit of money to that church as well, thanks to your giving and your generosity um, and we're excited to be able to, to just present that to that church and to Drajan and his wife. And uh, I, I just feel like we're going full of blessing because of you. And um, John's going to be teaching on marriage. We're going to be helping the couples in the church with marriage. It's me, Mario, Drajan, and, and John will be having a time of Q&A where we can uh, help couples in the church. And uh, it's just going to be wonderful. Next Sunday, I'm going to have the opportunity to preach at that church and church, the thing I want to impress upon you with this is this, this is because of you. Uh, Mario and Jen, in their own words, you've heard this many times, but I don't get tired of saying it. it. 
you are the marinating sauce that they marinated in. The, the church plant to Croatia does not happen without you and all of your faithfulness to Christ and to this precious church family over the last 15 years. So I just want to say thank you so deeply. We love you. And as we pray for our tithes and offerings being gathered today, and also as we pray for the Croatian Mission Fund and, and for Croatia, Ben's going to come forward and he's just going to pray. He's also going to pray for John and I. Please be praying for Kim and the kids and my wife Shannon and our kids as we're away this week as well. And so Ben, if you could come forward at this time and just uh, thank you so much, buddy, for, for praying for us. And church, we love you. We go because of you. Uh, if, if the care group leaders would come on up. So, John, if you'd come up and see if you can stand here. Care group leaders, if you guys would come on up. Um, John Shell, if you wouldn't mind coming up. So, if you guys want to just step out a little bit here and let those guys around. And then, Kelly, if you want to lay hands on Kim. Someone said in the last two weeks regarding CB and John going, they're going, but we're going. I, and they, I love their heart. It was, these two are going, but they're, they're us. It's them, it's us in Croatia. And it's, it's CB and John who go, it's kind of our, our hands and feet. And I love that. That's why we want to even pray right here, right now. That it's not, oh, CB and John are doing something. Christ community is doing something this week. And we send them. And may we pray for them each day. Pray that they be able to encourage Mario, encourage Jen. Uh, encourage people that they don't know. They're, they're going to get to meet the people uh, that we've sent Mario and Jen towards. So even though we'd be praying for ministry opportunities and gospel opportunities, and like Stevie said, praying for Shannon, praying for Kim, praying for their kids. So let's let's pray. Oh Lord, that you would save us, that you would rescue us, that you would redeem us from the dominion of darkness, and that you, through the life and the death and the resurrection of Christ would bring us by your grace and mercy into the kingdom of light. That is so glorious. And we are so thankful today that you would save us. But we are also thankful today that you don't stop there, but you use us to be your ambassadors for Christ. To tell Berks County and tell the ends of the earth about Jesus being the only way to be saved. Lord, thank you for the ministry you have given us as a church to go to Croatia. To take that message of the gospel to a people that need to hear it. A people who hear dead religion. Who hear about works. Who hear about effort of their own and not the blood of Christ. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity we have to share the gospel with the lost. And thank you for this specific manifestation of that, Lord. That we could send Mario and Jen, and that we could send CB and John this week. Lord, we pray that you would anoint them. That you would speak through them. That you would give them words that would be your words to Mario and Jen, Lord. That they would be built up in you. That Jen, Lord, Jen in a specific way this week would be built up in you, freshly encouraged, Lord, in you as CB and John minister to her, as they minister to Mario, as they minister to the kids, Lord, as they minister to uh, to this church that Mario is interning with and, and with people that we don't know, some who are saved and some who are not, Lord. Lord, I pray that we as a church would not see CB and John going this week, that we would see us going this week and that we'd be amazed that you would allow us to participate in this. We pray for CB's message, Lord, that, that, that lost sinners will be saved through the preaching of the word. We pray, Lord, for John's seminar on marriage, that, that these people would get a version of marriage that maybe they've never heard of before, a marriage built on the word, a marriage where real forgiveness can take place as they hear about the forgiveness we've received in Christ. Oh, Lord, I pray for the guys just in their, their travels, we pray for the guys in regards to health, Lord. And we pray for Kim and for Shannon and for the kids, Lord. Thank you for the Edder family. Thank you for the Reyes family who are willing to send dad, husband out this week for your glory, for the gospel's advance. Or would you bless them? Would you help each of those kids to know your smile, to know your joy, Lord, over them? 
We pray for Kim. We pray for Shannon, Lord, that you would just sustain them this week. And we as a church, we as a church, Lord, will pray for them and, and just be able to even ask, is there anything we can do to serve you this week, Lord? We pray that you would do more than we could ask or imagine. That you would do glorious things, Lord. You have done them. And we pray they would continue. We pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, church. Uh, John's going to come up and share just a few uh, announcements with us. Amen. Well, in 2001, a small group of pilgrims believed God wanted them to plant a Sovereign Grace church in the Berks County area. So this team of 13 adults and nine children under the leadership and the spirit-led guidance of C.B. Etter relocated to the Reading area to begin the gospel work. Ushers, come on up. Thanks, Ben. Should I start over? Thank you. Good. All right. Well, today we celebrate 15 years of God's faithfulness to us as a local church. His grace has been very evident in helping us build his church all these years in Berks County. Ushers, you can go ahead and start distributing the baskets, please. This grace is evidenced by the gift he has given us in C.B. Etter. Ephesians 4 speaks of the grace gifts given to the church, and one of those mentioned is the pastor. Today we gather to praise God for his kindness and blessing all of us with the gospel. Week after week, we hear the gospel, the good news, preached from this pulpit. Every week, we are challenged, we are convicted, and edified by the Holy Spirit as he uses CB, a man who loves Jesus, yet agonizes over his own indwelling sin, to proclaim truth to us. God has used CB to feed us, to exhort us, to lead us, to care for us. You've kept watch over our souls. And we as the congregation are so very thankful to God for you. You've labored hard over the years. There have been seasons of great joy and seasons of great sorrow. We've seen you rejoice when a sinner repents. And we've seen you weep over the burdens that we as the sheep carry. You've been given much grace to help you as you carry our burdens with us. And may the Lord give us the grace to imitate you. As you imitate Christ. CB, today we want to honor you and Shannon. Your faithful wife. Who has been such a blessing to you. An example of what a biblical help meet should be. An incredible prayer warrior. A loyal confidant to you. An example of grace-based meekness, humility, strength, and perseverance. To all of us. Today we want to honor you both. With a small gift from us. And we pray that it blesses you. Because we love you. And we thank God for you. Would you come up and receive this gift? Church. Can we thank God for this blessing? Shannon would you come up too?
Let's pray for them. Father, we come together as a congregation to say thank you. Thank you for putting in CB's heart a vision for this area. And by faith, he came here with his wife and his family and with some precious saints to see your gospel go forth in this area. And Lord, we have been blessed by the faithful teaching and preaching of this man. And we want to give you all the glory and praise and honor for them. Our lives have been changed because you have used them to care for us. Thank you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. There's no children's ministry uh, this morning. It's a truncated service. This will be a brief uh, sermon. And uh, the reason is because we want to really be able to celebrate together as a church family. If you could open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16, and we'll, we'll start there. Matthew 16, verses 1 through 20 is going to be the passage of Scripture that I read. And church, thank you so much for your kind, kind uh, gift and honoring to Shannon and I. That uh, It has been such an honor and just such a blessing in our Christian lives to be in this church as members. It's been an honor to be your pastor for 15 years. And it's been wonderful to watch the power of Christ transform your lives and ours together. And I'm excited for the next 15 and the next 15. And I was just praying yesterday, these 15 years have felt, they felt like a day to me because this has been such a joy pastoring you. And uh, thank you so much for your love for Jesus and for the blessing you are to me and my family. And I know that John and Ben can say the same. Matthew chapter 16, verses 1 through 20. Let's read God's word together. Title of the message this morning is The Great Confession. And the Pharisees and Sadducees came, and to test him, they asked him to show them a sign from heaven. He answered them, When it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be stormy today, for the sky is red and threatening. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. So he left them and departed. When the, Phar- when the disciples reached the other side, they had forgotten to bring any bread. And Jesus said to them, watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And they began discussing it amongst themselves, saying, we brought no bread. But Jesus, aware of this, said, oh, you of little faith, why are you discussing among yourselves the fact that you have no bread? Do you not perceive, do you not remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many, how many baskets you gathered or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many baskets you gathered? How is it that you fail to understand that I did not speak about bread? Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And then they understood that they did not tell them to beware of the leaven of the bread, but of the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah and others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. Let's pray together. God, we give you all the glory on this 15-year anniversary celebration at our church family. Lord, from you and through you and to you are all things. Lord, not to us and not to us, but to your name be the glory. 
We are so thankful, Lord. All that we've accomplished, you have done for us. And we want to establish that, Lord, and give you the praise for every bit of fruit and every bit of life in this church family, because it's all because of you, Lord. We would just be the valley of just dead, dry bones if it wasn't for you breathing life into us, Holy Spirit. And so we, Holy Spirit, we thank you for breathing us into life and causing us to praise Jesus for dying on the cross for our sins. And, oh, Father, how can we thank you enough for your great love for us and sending your own precious Son to die for sinners like us, for dying for the ungodly ones like us. Lord, we praise you and we ask that you would just strengthen us this morning as we celebrate through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Charles Spurgeon, preaching his first sermon at the new building of their church, the Metropolitan Tabernacle, back in the 1800s in England, said in his first sermon to them there, these words, he opened with these words, I would propose that the subject of the ministry in this house, as long as this platform shall stand, and as long as this house shall be frequented by worshipers, shall be the person of Jesus Christ. Spurgeon went on to say, I am never ashamed to avow myself a Calvinist. I do not hesitate to take the name of Baptist. But if I am asked, what is my creed? I reply, It is Jesus Christ. These were the first words of the first sermon 15 years ago from this pulpit. For me. And I am happy to say that here at year 15 at this benchmark on our journey toward heaven and the celestial city together, the same proposition is as fresh and as alive today in our hearts, and even greater, stronger, greater and stronger. The conviction that the subject of the ministry in this house, as long as this platform shall stand, and as long as this church is in existence, shall be frequented by worshipers, shall be the person of Jesus Christ. We are going to focus and center our worship on Jesus Christ and him crucified, risen from the dead in accordance with 1 Corinthians 2. Verse 2, when the Apostle Paul said, I desire to know nothing amongst you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. In 1 Corinthians 15, in a passage that we've come to love as a church family, we see that the matter of first importance is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Christ died for our sins, brothers and sisters, in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, and on the third day he was raised in accordance with the scriptures. And so, brothers and sisters, it is my joy to once again propose to you that the subject of the ministry in this house, as long as this platform shall stand, And all the way until we get to glory shall be the person and work of Jesus Christ. I pledge that as your senior pastor, and I pledge that on behalf of Ben and John. I pledge that, and I ask for all of us to to take this pledge as well, to make the subject of the ministry of this house and the, the focal point of our lives as believing Christians, those of you who have repented of your sins and trusted in Christ, that the subject of your lives and the the focal point of your passion would be the person and work of Jesus Christ. We are affected here as we look in Matthew chapter 16 because it is so Christ-centered. And what beautiful timing as we enter in here to our 15-year anniversary sermon to look at Matthew chapter 16 and see how Christ-centered it is. Matthew chapter 16, we're going to look at three brief points this morning. Number one, the great sign. Number two, the great confession. And number three, our great savior. Number one, the great sign. Right here in the first section of Matthew chapter 16, we see that Jesus is talking about that there's no sign that you can expect Pharisees and Sadducees. And he told them this again in Matthew chapter 12, four chapters earlier, is the sign of Jonah. Sign that he is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God is the sign of Jonah. And that sign is mentioned 
in Matthew chapter 12, verse 38, when the word of God says, then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered him saying, teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. But he answered them, an evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the son of man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. And Jesus is saying, me. Brothers and sisters, the sign of Jonah is the fact that Jesus Christ is going to die on the cross. And he prophesies this again and again throughout his ministry. He's going to die on the cross for sinners. And then on the third day, he is going to rise again. Destroy this temple, Jesus says to them, and I will raise it again in three days. That's the sign. It's the sign of his resurrection, the sign of the empty tomb, brothers and sisters. And I want to just let you know that the wonder of the open tomb and the Christ's resurrection from the grave, the the empty tomb, is still a very living and active testimony to the power of of God. The Washington Post, October 27th of this year, just last month, says this, showing a photo. It shows the moment workers remove the top marble layer of the tomb said to be of Jesus Christ in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem. A restoration team has peeled away a marble layer for the first time in centuries. Oh, how exciting. In an effort to reach what it believes is the original rock surface where Jesus' body was laid. Oh, brothers and sisters, mark you, they got to this original rock surface and were marveling at it. But one of the things that is just absolutely fascinating, and they have it on video, you can see it online, is the reality that yes, they found a marble layer, but guess what they didn't find? The body of Jesus Christ! Because he's risen from the grave. The word of God testifies to this. We testify to this. We celebrate this. And brothers and sisters, for 15 years we have worshipped him as the resurrected Lord. And we will make him the focal point of the ministry of this house as long as this platform shall stand. The great sign, the sign of the prophet Jonah has been fulfilled. Jesus Christ is risen from the grave. Believe in Him. Repent and believe while there's still time. And be saved. The good news is, is that He died on that cross. And He was buried. But He has risen from the grave. Point two, the great confession. The great confession. Transitioning down to verse 13, the word of God says, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Friend, that's the most important question that you can answer about yourself right now. Who do you say Jesus Christ is? Well, you have... This great confession, the right answer to that question given here by Simon Peter himself when he replies in verse 16, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Oh, brothers and sisters, this great confession of the Apostle Peter on behalf of the other apostles is the great confession that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He is the suffering servant prophesied about in Isaiah chapter 53. Prophesied about 700 years before Jesus Christ even walked the earth and took on flesh and died on the cross for sinners. This great confession of the apostles is the foundation. The great confession of Peter is Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is the Messiah. He is the cornerstone. He is the head of the church. 
As Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth, listen everybody very carefully to this passage. Every man, woman and child, listen carefully. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Have you done that? For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Friends, I'm thankful that Peter has confessed it. I'm thankful that many of you have confessed it. Is there anybody here who has not confessed that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? Have you, have, have you repented of your sins, friend? If you have, you are saved, you are justified, you are declared righteous through the finished work of Christ on the cross. You were once an object of God's wrath, but now you have been forgiven, cleansed, saved, justified. Wrath has been satisfied against you because Jesus died as your substitute on the cross. You have a lot to worship him for. And before any of us say, yep, that's all because of me. Jesus says here to Peter, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Let us give praise to God our Father for revealing Jesus His Son to us. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we who once were dead in transgressions and sin are now made alive together with Christ. Brothers and sisters, can we thank our Heavenly Father for revealing this to us who have believed? We are going to share communion in a few moments here. Ben's going to lead us into communion. And I am so excited to do that as a church because through the the visible words of our communion, we celebrate and see the broken body of Christ symbolized in the bread and the blood of Christ, which is atoned and satisfied the wrath of God against our sins through the cup. And we are reminded of the cross of Christ and the atonement for our sins which was made. And brothers and sisters, when we look upon our salvation, let us remember, blessed are you. Blessed are you. Because this truth, the gospel of our salvation, Jesus Christ, has been revealed to us out of millions of people who are lost on this earth and who are blinded underneath still the power of Satan and the dominion of sin. We are the blessed ones by the mercy of God, not because we are better in any way, but because of the grace of God and the grace of God alone. Amen? I pray you would confess the great confession. Point three, our great Savior, our great Savior, look at this powerful passage of Scripture. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. It's because he had to go to the cross. He was on his way toward the cross by now. And we see that he, he had so much that he wanted to do by getting to Jerusalem and dying on the cross. He did not want anything at all to get in the way of his mission to come and die for you and I. Now listen, this is, this is a powerful section here. Listen very carefully. Typically, what is thought of here, I love this phrase. You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Typically of what is thought here is that the gates of hell and the forces of Satan are making their assault against Jesus and against his church. And then Jesus is not overcome by their great assault. Uh Uh-uh. The key thing here that I wish to impress upon you is that this description is one of Christ being on the offensive, not the defensive. Christ builds the foundation of his church on the confession of Peter and the other apostles. Christ Jesus himself being the substance of that confession. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone and the head of his body, the church. 
And what I wish to impress upon you here in reference to the gates of hell not prevailing against Christ. Oh, you're going to love this. Little boys, listen to this. The power of a gate-smashing Jesus. The image here is of Satan having you and I captive behind gates. In chains in our sin, under the dominion of sin. I want you to imagine yourself being in a dark prison cell, deep, deep in the corridors of hell, bound up in your chains in the bondage of your sin, and with no hope and Satan ruling over and laughing at you, awaiting the just judgment that you would get to burn in hell forever and eternity. What this image here is of the power of Jesus Christ, our great Savior and Savior He is, listen to this and love it and cherish it. Is of Satan having you for himself captive and Christ himself making the assault against the gates of hell. They, the gates are locked. The gates are defended. And against all opposition to stop Jesus from doing this, Christ through his death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave crushes Satan's head under his feet, gives him a mortal wound that he still hasn't recovered from. He binds Satan and Satan is the strong man who is bound and now Christ smashes the gate in and starts plundering Satan's house behind the gates of hell. And the soul's of God's children are saved out of Satan's clutches as Jesus struts his way in and by the power of the Holy Spirit opens your eyes and opens your eyes and opens your eyes and lifts you up and carries you out individually to safety and rescues you say you're one of mine you're destined for heaven because of what I've done and Satan is writhing on the ground bound but the gates have been smashed in It's sort of like, how do you like me now? Because he has no power to stop Christ from plundering his house. We are a testament, brothers and sisters, over the last 15 years of Christ smashing the gates of hell, opening them up wide, and him going in and rescuing one sinner after another, breaking them from the chains that Find them down in those deep pits of the darkest dungeon. And no matter what deep pit you think you are in right now, sinner, and no no matter how strong the chains are that you feel bound by in your sin, you cannot break away on your own strength. But the good news is, is the risen Savior is on His throne and He is plundering the strong man's house who have been bound. And brothers and sisters, you are here today. Because the gates of hell have not been able to prevail against Jesus Christ. That's why we're here today. That's why we're here today. Uh, listen to this. Christ rips open the gates of hell and the souls of his children are saved out of Satan's clutches. The phrase, bind the strong man, is a reference to a passage in the book of Mark where Jesus is responding to some Jewish scribes who were accusing him of being possessed by Beelzebul. Their argument was that by the prince of demons, he is driving out demons. In in other words, the reason the demons listened to Jesus was that Jesus was in league with them. That's some of the leaven of the Pharisees and scribes that we are to avoid earlier in the passage. Jesus and the demons are in league with each other. That's how he's able to drive out demons. And Jesus refuted their blasphemous argument, one commentator said, with this plain logic. How can Satan drive out Satan? And then he gave them a parable. Jesus spoke of the principle of a divided kingdom which cannot stand. And then he told them, no one can enter a strong man's house without first tying him up. Then he can plunder the strong man's house. Jesus refers to Satan as, quote, strong man and to himself as the one who enters the house and plunders the place. That's awesome. Come on now. (laughs) I mean, that's awesome. Of course. Before Satan allows his domain to be plundered, he must be incapacitated. Jesus was not in league with Satan, as the scribe suggested. 
But he had come to earth to what is essentially Satan's house in order to bind Satan and plunder his, quote, goods, which are the souls of men. Oh, yes, indeed. He had you deep and captive in the dungeon of your own sin, and he was laughing at you, ready to take you down with him into the abyss. And brothers and sisters, Jesus said, no, no, that's not going to happen. Not on my watch. I'm going to rescue these sinners out of the clutches of Satan. I'm going to bind them up and I'm going to plunder his house. And brothers and sisters, I just happily say to you that right now that condition is still in existence all the way up until the time Jesus returns and then the end will come. This is a wonderful, glorious, good news message of an advancing, unstoppable gospel all the way to the ends of the earth to where every tribe and tongue will hear about the name of Jesus Christ and hear about his death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave and representatives from every tribe and tongue will be saved and snatched out of that dungeon for God's glory as trophies of his grace in his kingdom. And brothers and sisters, nothing can stop Christ from accomplishing his plan. That That's why John and I are going to Croatia, because we're going to go and we're going to preach the gospel as best as we can in our frail bodies. But the power of God's going to go forth through us and it's going to go forth through you. And and Christ is going to continue to plunder Satan's house and save more and more souls out. Young men, that's what you want to get fired up about in your life. Young ladies, that's what you want to give your life to, to be a pillar in the church, to serve Christ and the advance of his glorious kingdom and his gospel. We have been doing that for 15 years. Join us in this mission as we go forth into the next 15 to watch Christ continue to do this glorious work. And we triumphantly in triumphal procession move forward rejoicing and praising this awesome God who has delivered us out of the pit oh friends that's our happy story that's our happy story we have been delivered from Satan's clutches from our Savior the Messiah Jesus Christ smashing and ripping open the gates of hell and rescuing you and me with great tenderness and love, having been wounded, having shed his blood, as Ben will remind us in a moment, having his body broken in order to rescue you. How good it is. How blessed you are and I am to be one of the rescued ones. Ben, if you could come forward at this time and serve communion to us. Communion is for Christians. It's for those who have repented and trusted in Christ as Lord and Savior. So we would encourage you, if you're not a Christian, just to let the, 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 the plate pass uh, this morning. Communion is a gift from God to us to remember everything CB has said this morning. We began the message, we began our morning reading Deuteronomy 7-9. Know therefore the Lord your God is God. The faithful God. As you listen to CB, how can you not respond by anything other than by saying, God, you have been so faithful. Not because we've earned it. Not because we deserve it. But because he is loving and gracious. And as Tom said earlier, it's it's not just that he's been faithful to Christ's community for 15 years, though he has. But he's been faithful for generations. He's been faithful for thousands of years. I have the privilege of getting to teach a a history class, and we're in kind of the Middle Ages and the Reformation and the Pre-Reformation, and I just keep thinking, God, you've been so faithful to your church over the years. We're learning about men, John Wycliffe, who wanted to see the word put in languages that people could understand that they might celebrate the gospel. John Huss, who who died for the faith, that people would know that you're not saved by works, you're saved by grace. You're saved by Christ. 
Martin Luther, a man who stood and said, I can't recant what I believe because it's the, it's the word of God. And as I just been pondering these men and pondering God's word, just God has been faithful in every single generation. And so we can be hopeful as we look back and hopeful as we look ahead. We don't know what the future holds. We don't know the next 15 years or 20 years or 50 years. But we know who, who God is. We know he'll be faithful. So here's what I want to do before we participate in communion and, and taking of the elements. I want to encourage you just to take a moment and to think about how God has been faithful to you as a Christian. How has God been faithful to you? How have you seen what CB talked about this morning in your story? So I would encourage you to take a moment to ponder that and then just to go to God and thank him. Thank him for his grace. Thank him for his faithfulness. Thank, thank him for being your God. So let's, let's just take a moment to do that. It says in Matthew chapter 26, the following words, beginning in verse 26. It says, now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it, and gave it to the disciples, and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. That gate smashing, that great rescue that you were a part of, that Christ took the initiative in, it came through his body being broken. It came through God himself coming to earth and be, being treated as a blasphemer, as a sinner. He was mocked. He was reviled. He was beaten. God deserves all praise for all time. And yet, to save you, he gave up his body. He gave up his life. He was mocked for you. He was beaten for you. He died on the cross to take all of your sins. May we remember the broken body of Jesus this morning. And Jesus wasn't just made fun of. He wasn't just beaten. He wasn't just reviled. He wasn't just mocked. He wasn't just called bad names. It was worse. For you. For me. Matt earlier referenced Colossians 2, which says that every sin you and I would ever commit, that great record of debt, it went against Christ. You and I deserve to be in hell forever because God is holy and I am not. And Jesus went on that cross and he took the wrath of God. He took that eternal punishment. That he might break down those walls and break down that castle and come and get you. May we remember the blood of Christ on the cross. Well, there is no other way to end than by celebrating God's faithfulness. No other way to end than by thanking him. So, worship team, if you would come up. And we are going to sing the wonderful hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Church, may we stand and may we sing. Oh, Father, how can we thank you enough for revealing this to us? Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, thank you for opening up our eyes. Thank you for regeneration. Thank you for causing us to be born again to a living hope that can never perish, spoil, or fade. 
Jesus, thank you for crushing the serpent's head. Jesus, thank you for suffering your body to be broken and your blood shed on the cross in order to smash the gates of hell, bind the strong man, and to rescue a sinner like me and my brothers and sisters out from the domain of darkness and to bring us into your wonderful light. We just want to say thank you. You are indeed a faithful, faithful God. And church, can we just praise him for how worthy he is and how wonderful he is? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He indeed is faithful. Amen, church. Amen. Well, we get to celebrate his faithfulness now as a church family and fellowship. And uh, what we'd like to do at this time is keep all of us in here. No transitions, but for all of us to get our chairs and move them over to the side very quickly. And then I'm told to get us in between those two doors, the brown doors, so that Steve Ruas can take our church picture. We hope to take that within the, the next five 10 minutes. So let us transition at this time. We love you, church. Happy 15 years.